I'm sweating like a whore in church. <laughs> <laughs> We're live on YouTube, guys, uh, for episode 49 of A. Thompson and Other Disappointments. My guests tonight joining me are uh, returning favourites, Davey Moo and Super Tansky. <laughs> Welcome, guys. Hello. Um, how's your how's your Wednesday been? It's been a bit of a bit of a quiet one, is it? Or fucking <laughs> uh, Yeah, no, nothing to report apart from you know the gasping death of democracy. You know, just throw that out there. Yeah, it's been it's. Uh, uh, I mean, I I very rarely do these um these sort of emergency podcasts, but today felt to <laughs> me like it was a real. Uh, watershed moment you know like we've we've had this kind of catalog of fuckery with the johnson administration for uh well over a year now right it started with cummings gate with barnard castle uh it graduated <coughs> to matt hancock um we got through patterson and now we're at this fucking christmas party shit uh and and it felt like to me like this felt even more serious than all of the aforementioned like how did how did you feel about it davy how did it hit you it's just sort of suddenly, like, like other people, like the like. I don't want to say the common, not the common folk in the way that the Tories would mean it, but like, just workaday people that I see that don't care about these things and that don't hear about these things and that talk to me about you know the extent of our conversation will be like, oh my god, does he watch that too? So will be like you're angry about politics, aren't you? And I'm like, yes. And they're like, have you heard? And I'm like, of course I've heard. And so it's it's just this sort of like it's we've said it you know to each other a few times this kind of spiral effect of suddenly people that don't normally care care and it's been creeping and creeping and creeping and you do your part where you make your videos and you make your tweets and you have the conversations with people but just suddenly it seems like people are going you talk about these things what do you think and I'm like yeah sit down sit down <laughs> get comfortable Get are, you, are you like, ah, time to shine? Yeah, it's like <laughs> knuckle crack. It's time for, time for me to put some knowledge down on your ass. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I think that's what they mean when they refer to this as a, as a cut through, right? Is when it sort of breaches the perimeter of uh, political geeks like you, me and Tan. And it, it reaches out and touches people in everyday life. Um, Tan, why do you think this has, has done that? Why? How has Ant and Dex started talking about this? Well, I don't know if it has. Like, I still don't know if it has. I think time will tell. I think we'll know in a week whether or not this is pertinent. I think at the moment, I'm not sure. But Ant and Dec, apparently, I don't watch anything that they do, but apparently they've been seeding this throughout the entire of I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. They've been gradually doing it. And, and when I looked them up, they were kind of traditionally Labour voters. Oh, right. Um, but I don't know if this is actually cutting through or not yet. Um, and when you were talking about all the people going, oh, well, you know, you talk about this all the time. It's like, well, yeah, well, welcome to our world then. This is what we actually deal with about five times a day, every day for like, oh, the past like two years, especially since that fuckwit got into power. Um, so it kind of feels a little bit like this is more of an emotional tug. People mm. are now thinking about all the things that they gave up all the things that they couldn't do whilst those fuckers were laughing at us in the house of commons they're enraged because they can relate to it personally now it's hitting them yeah. and i knew that it would only start to affect people when they'd feel it and i think they're starting to feel it now they might not have had empathy for other people in their voting decisions but now it's actually affecting them 
it's cutting cutting through but i don't know if it is i you know i'm but you know i'm i'm a cynic you know <laughs> yeah yeah it's it feels a little bit like we've been down this road with the aforementioned examples i wheeled out two or three times before and we got our hopes up and we thought oh well this will definitely be the end of him he's fucking toast and then <laughs> somehow the news cycle just you know gets bored of it or they fire the editor of the mail or like however it is that they survive these things yeah and then and then we all move on i guess i, I suppose the the point that you touch on there that that sort of hits home with me is uh it's like people don't like feeling stupid and that's a big thing, obviously, with the historic Remainer v. Brexiter uh, arguments and debates. It's, it's, it's always like, oh, you treat them like they're stupid or you talk down to them and so on. But with this, it's so clear that they treat people and, and look at people with utter contempt to the extent that they laugh about it, that it's allowed a whole other deluge of voters out there to go like, hang on a second they think I'm a fucking idiot, you know? And I, th I think that's the difference with this. And rule breaking. The British public don't like rule breaking. And that's where kind of, I think Labour are cutting through with that, like one rule for them, another for the rest of us. It's it's true though. Mm. And it's not just one rule though, it's one law. Like they break the law routinely. I mean, fuck it, the House of, the House of Parliament is like, the House of Commons is like full of gack. There's gack everywhere, up to the walls of it. <laughs> Like, it's just like, I bet, I, the way I imagine it in my mind is it's just platters of pure gack everywhere. But, yeah. um, and the thing is, not only are the, you know, not only are they kind of complicit in themselves and they, they just cover each other's backs, mm. they've got most of the media. When you look at the reports of who visited over Christmas Downing Street, it was mostly the usual suspects, Tory journalists, Sun journalists. Mm. Um, and, but then they've also got the police on side. So it's mm. like, how how do you compete with that? Yeah. How do you compete with that? Yeah, there's a big thing uh, across some some of the press today um, that's sort of tapping into this idea that this is something that needs to be smashed. This is a, a sort of journo-political class that needs to be broken apart. So you've got your... Um, BBC political editor, you've got a political editor of The Spectator and so on and so forth. And all of these people are not just chummy with the people they report about, which you could kind of excuse, right? Because they need to be close to the action. They've got to build up relationships. They've got to find sources and so on. But in some cases, they're married to people and they all go to dinner together. And so then you get in this situation where you're saying, well, hang on a second. Like if these people are that, you know, BFF, then what would they be willing to hide from us, right? Well, it runs deeper even than that, though, as well, because when you look at, you know, that there's this like blatant installation of biased people in institutions like the BBC. Now, I, like I said this pretty openly in a video a few weeks ago, I was desperate to be a journalist when I was younger. I loved research and I loved doing, you know, like investigative things. I loved getting something together and writing a story and then editing it and putting it out there. I loved doing that. And it took three far meetings with BBC journalists for me to go, nope, not in a million years, because yeah. they, 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 they were not to a man. They were like, yeah, you kind of just need to like shelve your morals because someone will come along and go, you're writing a story about this and this is the way that you feel about it. And you have to do it because that's how you progress in journalism. And then eventually you get to the stage where you've reached prominence, but that's the base that you've made. So you sell your soul and carry on doing it or you fade into obscurity look at like as an example 
and I did write this on my blog today, look at people like this car like little group of these weird right wing pundits like Nigel Farage and Julie Hartley Brewer and Katie Hopkins and Darren Grimes. They don't believe a lot of stuff that they say, but they know that they have to play to the idiots that do. They have to play to those people that are like, it's them foreigners coming here and stealing our cocaine. Like, <laughs> so so they, they get into this like, this sort of repetitive, like, it, it's like, it's like episodes of your favorite sitcom. You know the jokes are gonna come. You know the offensive things are gonna come. You know the stupid comments are gonna come, the dog whistles. They're not really like that. I think that Julia Hartley Brewer, if I sat her down and said, look, I'll give you, I'll give you 700,000 pounds to be like, you know what? I've spoken to some scientists and the vaccine is brilliant. She'd be like, yep, perfect. Yeah. I'll mention it on the radio tomorrow. But like this, and this joke money. Yeah, this like this deep seeding of these people into the bedrock of media means that we we like as as conspiracy theorists as it sounds, we cannot trust a lot of what is put out in the media because it's spun. Mm. Yeah, I think you're right. Like it's again, it sort of goes into this uh, this idea, this angle that uh, a lot of the faces that we see, the, the sort of like the right wing blue tick brigade. Uh, your talk radio types, your Darren Grimes, your Nigel Farage's. Uh, it's like, are they are they really that shit people, <laughs> or are they just truly on the grift? Like, which is it? Am I like, am I being I'm... super cynical? Do you think that they're that mean, that mean spirited, and that selfish, or do you think they're just like, I got to keep this fucking shit churning, pay off my mortgage? You'd have to be. I mean, you. I mean, either way, they're still putting out the misinformation. They're still putting out the shit. So they're still bad, like what I would consider to be bad people because their actions have consequences. They impact people. Mm. And if they're encouraging people to bit to other, other groups of people, um, that has a real time effect on those, those people, like whether it's a trans community, whether it's uh, racism, whether it's, you know, that has a real impact. So whether they're selling like an, a concept for money or they believe it, it's irrelevant. The outcome's still the same. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if we move on slightly, so clearly last night's video, when when it was released, it sort of exploded. Uh, I turned off the drama thing that I was watching. I was like, "Fuck this! I'm gonna I'm throwing on Sky News." <laughs> like this is like like my this is Christmas for me, right? I, I was like, "Here we go. Let's go in deep. Get on Twitter." And uh, uh, and then this morning. Uh, in, in the run-up to PMQs, obviously, it felt a bit kind of fever pitch. Like, is he going to rock up? You know, they didn't shove a, a minister on the news rounds. Like, they're obviously panicked or all of the ministers are refusing to do the news rounds because they were made to look fucking stupid last week. Um, it felt like it was all building up to something. And then this afternoon, Allegra Stratton resigned. And I was like, is that... Like, do they think that's it? Like, is is she yeah. the the scapegoat? Is she the one that's been sacrificed at the altar of Christmas party gate? Um, do you think that's like? Do you think that's it now? Is that going to finish this? Well, I don't think it's going to finish it, but I think they think it's going to finish it because yeah. it's like, um, like in trying to. I mean, I don't know who intended to put out the smear. I don't know who it came from. I'm hearing all kinds of mad rumours, like Cummings. Uh, put it out and all the parties agreed that he would you know that agreed that it would go out I don't think so um I think there's a disgruntled civil servant people are thinking uh you know truth sifter gate uh twister gate and all that kind of stuff but um 
yeah, I think that they probably intended to target one person with a barrage of shit and ended up all getting covered in it because no one's got clean hands in that party. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. D- Davey, what was your reaction when, when Stratton resigned this afternoon? Did you feel sorry for her? Absolutely not. Like, absolutely not. First of all, first of all, Stratton, I remember that video of Allegra Stratton sat with that poor girl making her look like an absolute moron because she wanted to make the choice to have a house. Mm. And the idea of someone is disconnected from the working class, speaking to someone from the working class about the right to own property or the right to rent property was disgraceful. Mm. So I have long nursed a grudge against that woman. But to see this cavalier attitude about something as heinous as throwing a party when we knew that there was a dangerous virus going around that was making people die Mm. and then to laugh about it and make jokes about wine and cheese and then to go and it was not socially distanced she could have knelt down on that doorstep wailing like she'd recently been anesthetized by fucking zeus himself and i would have (laughs) still been like i don't care this is nothing this is nothing to do with anything firstly like you said she's a sacrificial lamb it means nothing to me she was the messenger Mm. and you know the rule you don't shoot the messenger Mm. but who who was the who's the person that created the message like all of this stuff coming out about who involved and who made it and blah 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 irrespective ultimately the point that i want to focus on the point i want to drill down on the point that i mentioned in a video earlier is as simple as this if you are a prime minister and you do not know that 65 of your staff are throwing a forbidden Christmas party at the place where you live, Mm. then you are inept and should not be a prime minister. And if you do know that it's happening and lie to the public who installed you, then you do not deserve the platform that you have and you should not be a prime minister. So however this ends, it ends with Johnson gone. As far as I am concerned, there is no alternative. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think you bang on there, and it, it sort of it's 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 a similar reaction as I've had to so many of his like poor decisions or fuck ups, or indeed like the decisions and fuck ups of his cabinet ministers, where I've I've genuinely got to this sort of psychological crossroads where I've thought to myself, is he hugely incompetent? And he's just allowed this shit to happen or the other route is uh did he deliberately allow this shit to happen and he he's hugely corrupt so is he incompetent or corrupt but either way that is not a leader he needs to get the fuck out couldn't agree more um, i mean yeah I think, yeah he's willfully dangerous and he, even if whatever one it is it still resulted in hundreds of thousands of people dying and you know he was a one-trick pony and he performed it which was the you know the illusion of getting brexit done Mm. that was what people voted him in for he was a carefully constructed fucking sham of a human being he had (laughs) the same he had the same team behind him that trump had behind him to construct that fucking mad um you know anti-hero bollocks he he is a, a person that has performed their one trick badly and um, now we're seeing the real effects of what happens when you hire someone to do a job that's been sacked from every other job that he's ever had in his life. Everything he's touched, he's fucked. Literally. He's literally <laughs> fucked everything. Uh, mistresses, uh, mayor of London, you know, gave 120 grand of our money to a woman he was bonking in America whilst he was doing that job. Let's yeah. not forget. So is it any surprise that he robbed us as we died? 
Yeah. You know, he's not worse than a, a common crackhead. I think a common crackhead probably has more integrity than Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. Brick. Yeah. I mean, I found it like just to go back to the Stratton thing, like when when I saw that she had resigned, uh, I sort of like laughed to myself and then I kind of stopped myself because I thought, well, like, does that make me am I being callous by laughing at this, like the shit that this woman is going through? And then I sort of backed out a little bit. I was like, well, no, hang on a second. Like she doesn't get to stand up there in this very cushy press briefing room that they spaffed like what was it two and a half million on and laugh at the sacrifices that other people have made and treat people with contempt while people's like mums and dads and grandmas fucking died alone she doesn't get to to scoff at that shit and then when she goes through some shit i'm supposed to be like oh well i can't laugh at her you know what i mean like <laughs> no i agree laugh away yeah um Let's let's talk for a minute about Starmer. Um, <laughs> let's let's move on slightly. Um, so Starmer came away today from from PMQs. I think looking solid as fuck um, on the attack, focused, compassionate. Um, but for those of us hoping to oust the Tories, is this a sign that Starmer has kind of like found his voice? Because that's where I'm sort of hoping, but like, or is it just a sign that this is a really like visceral scandal that people feel genuinely upset about? And so it's actually quite easy for him to maul Johnson. I think when it comes down to it, there's a lot of people that want to jump the rush and I'm not, I just, I just don't want to like, you know, I've tried really hard as I've been saying recently to sort of stay on the good side of as many people as I can, because ultimately I think we need a conglomerate to to achieve our goal, which is get the Tories out. Mm. When it comes down to Starmer, there's so many people that are like, oh, he should have called for his resignation. It's not good enough to ask for an apology. And then, like, it, it just bears repeating. Number one, the man was a lawyer. And number two, it's commonsensical. You say to someone, did you do that? And they go, I'm sorry. That is the admission of guilt that allows you to go, that is not good enough. This isn't about a sim this is not about an apology because who wants an apology for this? No amount of words, nothing can make up for the betrayal that every single decent human being feels from this. Mm. This is about laying the groundwork to box him in. Mm. Yes, I am sorry for what has happened. Right. Did you know about it? Because if you knew about it, then you've lied. If you didn't know about it, you're incompetent. You must go. It, well done, I will say as a side, well done Free and Blackford for calling him out. But I understand what Starmer's doing. And I think that any criticism of him for not suddenly reacting in the way that people want him to, I understand. But mm. I, I also understand how the game of politics is played in this way. Yeah, so, yeah I, I agree. I, th I think there's a sort of, there's a measured consultative tone that Starmer strikes very well. And he comes off looking like he's not hysterical. He's not buying into the frenzy. And I think that's that's kind of the sort of dare I say prime ministerial, you know, sort of statesman esque uh, vibe that 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 you need in a world leader, you know. Tan, the best how... example. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Just the best example of that I saw was um, a couple of days after um, the MP was murdered, and Starmer did the whole. You know, Johnson was like, "Yeah, this party, blah blah blah," and Starmer was like, "Really? After what's happened, this is the tone you want to take?" And that, like, I was like. You know me, I'm a harsher critic of Starmer than some people that we know, but I was like, yes, that was mm. the way to do it. So that's what I think. Yeah. Tan, how did you think he performed today? 
Um, well, you know, he gets shit for everything, doesn't he? You know, human rights lawyers, they're bastards, aren't they? I mean, who would want oh, a human rights lawyer running the country? Monsters. You know, working pro bono, you know, avoiding the death penalty in other countries, you know, did that all. That's how he got his knighthood, by the way, guys. But um, well, yeah, I hope he um, takes a long, hard look at himself. He needs to take a good, hard look at himself, definitely. But um, I think he, he smashed it. I mean, I think, again, like Davey said, he's building a case. He's he. I think, you know, I'm getting an understanding of what Starmer was doing. I was running on pure faith for a bit, thinking, what the fuck is his game? What's he playing at? Um, but yeah, he's. I think he's building a case against Johnson. Um, but it's he's, he's working with Jelly. I mean, how do you how do you get that? I mean, this. What people need to realise is we're living in a post-truth state. The media has like an unprecedented amount of control over people's minds, as has been proven. Um, you know, a lot of damage has been done to the Labour Party from the very end of like Blair's reign when he lost his head. Uh, Corbyn made a few mistakes, ultimately not a bad guy, but he, he you know, was pretty smeared. And then like Starmer's inherited an absolute fucking shit show and he's only been able to actually start to try to turn it around now that the whole national crisis, uh, the, the phase of national crisis has been removed. So he's made inroads, him and his party, he's got a great party, a great cabinet, have only just started being able to make inroads now. But again, it's like, it's like trying to handle someone that's just made of pure custard. How do you, how do you go up against someone that has put like this spell over the entire population? And I think that the reason he didn't call for Johnson's resignation is because that could possibly spark a general election. Um, and I don't know if Labour's ready for a, a general election. Um, and we're going to have to literally take it day by day um, after Johnson goes to discover whether or not there will be that increase in the polls when someone new comes in or whether or not they're going to flatline and the damage has been done. I don't know, but yeah. it's very, it's hard to predict, but I'm hearing a lot of people that previously voted Tory going, this isn't a Tory party that I know. And I was like, I just think, well, you've always been a bunch of C units. It doesn't really, <laughs> but, 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 it's it's so bad that even Tory voters think it's bad, so it must be fucking bad. Yeah, like, yeah. So it's... the staff I've got a lot of respect for the man. I think he's doing well. It, you know, there's a lot of things he's done that I don't agree with, but um, he's doing what he needs to do to win. And ultimately, our goal is winning. So, yeah, fair play, lad. Yeah, um, it uh, it sort of goes back to what what Davy was saying earlier. Like when people say, "Oh, I can't believe that they've that they've behaved this way," and like. You know, people like you, me and Davy and, and, you know, thousands or millions of others will look at them like, where have you been? <laughs> We've been saying this shit for fucking years. Like, they've been cunts. <laughs> I will drop the C-bomb, by the way. Um... Someone had to. Someone had yeah, to. Yeah, they're cunts. Let's all say it. Yeah. Um, cunts. So that, that brings yeah. me on to my to my next question. Um, we'll start with you, Davy. Where do you think this is headed? Uh, is it going to fizzle away? in you know the second or third or fourth week in the same way that the second jobs debacle seems to have i don't know if it's necessarily fair to say that these things fizzle away so much as they get kind of eclipsed by whatever the new fucking scandal is but um is mm. is is that boris johnson's calculation do you think that by setting up an inquiry it's just kicked down the road and then we all kind of forget about it i i expect as much i think the problem is i just feel like I, like, I don't think that 
it was necessarily intentional, but I feel like there's been so much stuff. And I, like I went into a lot of detail on this when I was writing today. The, just this endless fight. We've been in this fight for so long. And this, I mean, it obviously goes longer than 2016, but, you know, 2016 came and Brexit and, you know, are you, are you a countryman or are you one of them EU lovers? And, you know, it was like, I love my country, but I, you know, I also think the EU is great and I want to be able to move there and have the rights and, you know, like having the oversight of the EU would be great right now. I'm just saying, but like, when it comes down to it, we have this massive fight that's still ongoing now with, was it the right decision? Was it the wrong decision? And all of that. Then there was like, now this I do think was planned. This just expertly dropped culture war and it, take your pick. Is it the racism? Is it the transphobia? Mm. Is it the gays have got enough rights now and need to stop booing? Is it the, you know, is it women like, you know, like, cause conversely, and then all the stuff that's happening with like essentially rape culture in England um there's like everything like it's just this endless recycling of the oh these woke people telling us how to live and telling us what mm. to do and trying to invade our bathrooms and stop us saying the word women and it's chest feeding now and i'm like all we do is fight all we do all the time is fight and i know that i'm involved in that i'm a massive trans ally and i stand with women and i think that blm is the most important thing that's probably happened in my entire lifetime so of course they're all necessary fights but they are divergence from what is happening behind the scenes which is a government just bit by bit just taking more and taking more and taking more and we're too busy looking over here going that's ridiculous they're humans and you can't hate them, blah, blah, blah. Meanwhile, the government's over here going, let's just criminalise people coming from overseas and you helping them and stuff. And it has this knock-on effect of we just never get anywhere because whilst we're trying to explain to people that we're not trying to, like, censor you, the government's sneaking along and doing stuff that we don't want in the background. It's just exhausting. So you mean, like, the, to, to you, the culture war is is this distraction and we all get kind of drunk on statues and poppies and, and the proms and all of that shit. And meanwhile, in the background, they're like... <laughs> you know, Absolutely. Kind of... Like, look at, like, a report came out that was heavily doctored that had referenced loads of, um, like, supposed academics saying there's no racism in this country. Mm. And then a few days later, loads of academics were like, my name's on there and I didn't even go to Downing Street to talk about this, what? And nothing was made out of that. But there's a report that just had, like, that's so much fuel for a fire. All of the people that think that racism is ridiculous and there's no such thing can throw that back in people of colour's faces. And people of colour have to spend all of their energy, again, explaining, this is what my life is like. You don't get to tell me that I don't experience this. So they're distracted away. And the government sits there going, well, I, I, mean, I didn't see any racism. I mean, yeah. look, she's a person of color and she agrees, like forgetting, of course, that she's privileged as fuck, brought up in a rich home, never had to deal with anyone that would stand against her. And I mean, I'm not being funny, but would you ever say anything to Pretty Patel? Because she looks like she'd just unhinge a jaw. But, <laughs> yeah, you know, that's it's it's the same as like, look at it as simple as what's going on now. It's awful that that is being used as fuel for a bonfire. But while the big bonfire is going on and we're all trying to say, hey, racism is bad, in the corner, the Tories are going, so if we pass this legislation that says that this means this, and we just have no idea it's happening because we're too busy trying to deal with the honking great set of people on Twitter going, oh, all lives matter, you know? Mm. 
but don't you think like so i suppose in that paradigm christmas party gate would again be a sort of distraction meanwhile yeah. they're rushing through the um what's that for? oh fuck me the borders bill yeah yeah um and pretty patel has added did i read that she's added like 10 new clauses to the uh police and crime bill is that the name of yes it? you yes um so while we're all you arguing will... about whether or not a party happened fine if you block a road mm. yeah so absolutely but I, i've seen a lot of that stuff and it, it sort of it strikes me as kind of a bit i'm not saying your your read on this is is in this territory but there's a lot of twitter <laughs> that seems to be going oh this christmas party stuff it's all a big dead cat you know there's something else going on in the background they just want us talking about the christmas i don't credit boris johnson's administration with that much intelligence and check like they're not playing chess they're playing fucking buckaroo they're playing, like and, and badly they're fucking it up um tan where where do you think this is headed in the next sort of two three four weeks that's a nice not broad question <laughs> um i don't know i mean to be fair like just to hone in can i just quickly hone in on what davy was saying because there's a point to be made about this sham of patriotism right the people that they're using nationalism as a front because uh 5000 members of um kind of racist parties joined the tories in the 2019 election because they related to them so they're constantly trying to keep them on board um in terms of it being a dead cat I don't know yet. Um, I don't think they need dead cats because, to be fair, it's just when they get found out for the terrible fucking shit they're doing and when. It's just when when it comes out, it comes out. Whether or not there's a brave journalist or a whistleblower here or there that's willing to actually speak out against them, usually people with nothing to lose in mm. the situation. Um, but it's it's hard to tell because literally you don't know from one day to the next what they're going to do next um they've been putting through and seeding putting through this legislation for what is it the best part of six months now four months five months mm. um whilst kind of as davy was saying promoting that kind of othering behavior and also disgustingly using people of color to front those policies so people can go oh it's not racist because Whereas, you know, assuming that most people don't talk to people of colour um, who say, no, that's like basically internalised racism, what they're doing. Uh, again, not my opinion. I take that from opinions of people that I know. And, you know, when we've got a government that are willing to let refugees drown in the sea, mm. um, and according to the people, I don't think they expected to survive, ignored May Day calls, Mm. it's the point where well all right then pretty take away our right to protest we'll fucking riot then yeah i'm, I'm ready this... i'm ready and people i know that wouldn't normally riot are red you know they're ready to do it you yeah. know you know Fuck. about three or four times every week davy i think back to your tweet that i think you've got pinned on your profile that's like every day i wonder why we aren't rioting yep i <laughs> I find it. I still have. I still have that tweet pinned, and I still think it's a mistake because literally, without fail, every single week, I will piss off a gammon, and they'll go on my page, and then they'll be like, "No, we're not rioting because you're weak and spindly," and I'm like, "Well, at least I can run away from the pope, <laughs> you fat sack of shit." <laughs> Do you know what we've had a we've had a we've had a couple of weeks of it. You know, I'd I'd, I'd happily take one of them on. I reckon I'd, I reckon I could outrun them, most of them. <laughs> um, so yeah, try me, dickhead. That's my uh, <laughs> perspective on it. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it, 
just going back to the like the dead cat angle i've not really thought about this before but it's i suppose the problem with dead catism if you can call it that is that you never actually get like people have are then rarely held to account you never sort of stop and go this is wrong so now we're going to talk about it and you're going to face up to your responsibilities and so on because whatever the crime is or the fuck up or the lie that same person is going to go well what's the real story though you know like <laughs> boris johnson could literally slit the throats of his entire cabinet and somebody out there would be on twitter going like it's just a distraction or they'd blame Starmer for it. They'd be like, oh, why didn't Starmer stop him slitting all their throats? They're just if, like, what the fuck? If it was Dan Hodges reporting on it, he'd be like, what does this say about Labour? <laughs> why aren't Labour enterprising like the Tories are willing to slit the throats of the dissenters? Dan fucking Hodges, man. He'd probably be like, yeah, why isn't this benefiting uh, Labour whilst counting his fucking backhands from, uh, from Johnson? I mean, I mean, guys, I'm not being funny, but I can't tell you anything Dan Hodges says because he blocked me because he's a snowflake, aren't you, Dan? Oh, I'm dear. surprised he hasn't blocked me yet. I'm angling for it. I can't believe Laura Kunzberg and Michael Fabricant hasn't because I've rinsed the shit out of Fabricant. Oh, like, every... So I'd have to look at his mad fucking Chewbacca hairpiece every day. He's every day a... I made a joke about him. <laughs> he's such Fabricant. a weird guy. Like, like I can't figure him out. Yeah, like if if he was a character in in a political drama or a political comedy, even you would send it back to the scriptwriter. You would be like, "Nah, this is too like it's like there would never be a guy like that wearing that wig in the Houses of Parliament." Just rewrite it, you know, make it more believable. He looks like a man waxwork of Johnson. The yeah. thing is, like, he's been wearing that wig for a really long time. But I've I've decided I've got I've got a head canon about him, right? Which is that he tries to make himself look as much like the current prime minister as possible, which is why he's got that wig. So say Johnson got ousted tomorrow and like by some miracle Pretty Patel stepped in, he'd come into Houses of Parliament with a really long black wig. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He probably would, man. Or if Sunak got in, he'd come in dressed as a Thunderbird, because that's what Sunak, Sunak looks like an evil Thunderbird, in my view. But <laughs> The only real part is his hand pressing the button for the nukes. Yeah, or like a kind of like an evil Miller band. Like he got diverted out of the doors that are like evil and went into the Tory party. Whereas <laughs> the Miller band can do no wrong in my view. I love Ed. Pick up yourself, Ed. Doubt he's watching, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Love you, Ed. Do you think, Ed's a legend, man. Do you think David Miliband will ever come back and save us? No, I, I think he's doing all right. I think he's doing all right not being involved in this shit show, to be fair. Mm. Mm. Why would he want to come back to this fucking monstrosity? Live it up in America. They've got Biden now, you know, they've got rid of Trump for now. So, um, good luck. To, if I could get the country, I would. Yeah. There's a, there's a part of me that's like, God, if I could just like uproot my family and fuck off. I really, like, I know that doesn't sound, but it's not winning any arguments <laughs> that Remainers are not particularly patriotic, is it? But I am like... <laughs> It's not patriotism, though. It's a sham of patriotism. Like, this is the thing. It's like, you can wave flags around all you want. You can, um, you know, you can 
try and crack down on people that you don't see as distinctly British. You can try and take over the programming and make it distinctly British. But the bottom line is you lied to the Queen to illegally prorogue Parliament. You made your figurehead that you're all supposed to, I don't know, bow to, sit alone at her husband's funeral in her 90s, mm. whilst you guys all lived it up on the Moe and the GAC in the Houses of Parliament. Yeah. We're, we're patriots. We're the people that care about the good people in this country that won't let like criminality and fuckwits run the country. We're the patriots, whereas they're just like garden variety nationalists that don't have any identity. So wrap it up in a flag. Yeah. Just fucking bellends. That's such an important thing. Sorry to, to interrupt there. I, it, it's such an important thing to to uh, to articulate the, the differences in the understanding of of what patriotism is because uh, like i talk a lot in my in my tiktoks and, and twitter and stuff about how it's symbolism over substance and where i align with the sort of i don't know the remain cause or the reje rejoin cause or whatever it is this week um i see it as like the substance like the logic there is that this makes sense to to me for us for the greater good um uh, and then I look over at the sort of like the Brexity kind of nationalist side of things and I'm like, it's just symbolism. It's just obsessing over fucking poppies and flags. And it's not about like winning rights or freedoms or hard fought freedoms or, or any of the things that actually truly make Britain great and a place to be proud of. It's just this weird sort of fetishization of of the Union Jack, like you say, like, like, you know, wrapping yourself in a Union Jack fucking having a wank about it and then say yeah we're britain we're the greatest you know that's not patriotism that's just fucking i don't even know what that is is that nationalism like those guys at the white lives matter protests otherwise known as sausage fests where they were doing the sig heil in front of the war memorial yeah. what i'd like is for a world war soldier to come back and just deal with those fuckers because that's the opposite of patriotism yeah. people our, our men our people died to defend us in one of the most horrific wars ever and now you're wanting to revert back to that and you're daring to do that gesture on a war memorial mm. you fucking mental if i'd been there i'd have probably got arrested i wouldn't be able to sit by and watch that happen yeah yeah um sorry i'm full of rage I'm, you uh, are. I'm raging out like hulk have you got yourself a gnt have you got yourself a drink there tan no where's davy gone where are you davy davy's fucked up <laughs> have we lost davy where are he's, you davy he's, he's gone bad rejoin um, he's, he's whatsapping me going what happened this is the point in the in the podcast certainly the video podcast where i should talk about the quality of the stream tonight so um i'm i'm having some troubles with bandwidth and it's coming through fine i think audio wise but it is it's affecting the size of tan and davy's window uh, and so I keep having to sort of resize the window that they're talking like they both come through on the same window on the screen. And I'm like, oh, God, this is so embarrassing. So if you like if you are watching on the live stream, I apologize for that. And uh, if you are listening on the audio, then you won't know what the fuck I'm talking about. So um, that's good. Uh, has Davey rejoined? Well, yeah. Well, Davey, is Davey incoming? I hope he is. What picture have you got behind you, Davey? Um, uh, a picture oh this is me and my girlfriend here oh lovely yeah you've got, <laughs> you've got a nice chef but in the background as well or is it some kind of beanie plant i don't know what it is do you know what it is an avocado tree two of them 
This is why people can't afford fucking houses. <laughs> All these people buying avocado trees. Yeah. I, do you know, I hadn't even made the connection. Like, the only reason that they're here is because I, I thought it'd be a fun thing to do with my son. Like, look, I'll show you that if you take this out of here and, you know, we treat it and we put it in this for two weeks and then we, we sort it and then we put it in a thing and it'll grow and it'll be a mate. Like, it's a cool thing for a four-year-old at that time to, to learn. Uh, and actually <laughs> what happened was, you know, predictably, my girlfriend was like, what the fuck are those things? <laughs> I was like, they're avocado trees. And she's like, well, can you just take them out to your weird man cave then or something? I'm like, oh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> Baby's back in the room. I mean, my internet's been proper shit. So I don't know if it's yours, Davey. I have no idea, but it was really funny because Ed was like, it's this weird mix of. And I was like, oh, Hello. shit. I left you hanging. Hello. Though. Hello. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah, look at look at Aid. It's like a consummate professional. We're just sitting there, pissed on his gin, going, "Yeah, well, uh, what happened? What happened?" <laughs> look, this is this is the the one of the optics of running your own podcast, doing it sort of independent. Firstly, you get to say to people, "This is I've done this with no industry backing," which actually means I'm just doing this <laughs> on a budget. Uh, but it also means, like you know, I can be unprofessional and uh, not back yeah. a few beers. You couldn't do this in oh, a BBC studio. That. <laughs> what did yeah. I miss, guys? What did I miss? Uh, me and Aid talking about, um, well, me trying to talk about Chef Valeras and then us talking about the fact that avocado trees are the reason why we... you've gone again, Davey. You're freezing like a bastard. That would be. Am I freezing love... like a bastard? That would be. You. Are we oh, all is freezing? It <laughs> oh, no. It's your turn. After you were bragging about your Wi Fi strength, Tan. Um, let's... I never brag about my wife at Pystrom. It's shit. I'm like that far from the router. It's shit. Oh dear. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. Um... <laughs> you don't care. <laughs> you don't <want> me. <laughs> let's uh, let's let's do one more question and then uh, and then we'll wrap up. Um, in fact, maybe we could take a couple of questions from the live chat because there's a few people in there. So if you have a question Hello. for myself, Tan, or Davy, uh, then by all means, uh, do pop it into the chat. <laughs> And I will, uh, I'll pose this question. Um, Throw out the nice ones, eh? Don't make it like, oh, you want to budge your lefty guts? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, Gammon417 says, why are you all such lefty woke snowflakes? Yeah. <laughs> Our country matters. Um, oh, here's, here's my question, right? And then we'll take one from, take one from the floor after that. Take uh, one from the tea. Yeah. Right. If you look at Allegra Stratton's um, cancellation, you know, she's been cancelled. Let's let's say it how it is. Um, if you look at the cancellation of Allegra Stratton, um, where do you think she's going to end up next? Because there's this sort of feeling now like, oh, you know, she's lost her job. She was fired and for good reason and blah, blah, blah. Well, that should be the end of her. But guarantee you she'll be she'll be in the spectator or the mail or the express or something, won't she? Like in a few weeks, where do you think she's going to end up? Well, that's cancellation that's cancellation in a nutshell i'm so cancelled read my story on page three four five of the daily mail four of the guardian six of the telegraph two of the daily star and by the way my husband works for the spectator so expect a monthly column that's cancellation <laughs> that's cancellation in a nutshell so where will she end up probably more fucking well off than she would have done if she'd have stayed working for boris johnson as his human footstool <laughs> so so angry <laughs> uh, what the fuck do you expect from us say do you know us yeah no the rage <laughs> the rage is real these two they i mean they tweet they they tweet the tweet but they walk the walk um yeah definitely. yeah I mean, well as davy was saying i mean 
she's not going to face any real fucking world consequences, is she? It's not like she's going to end up working in Poundland or Mackie D's. She's as privileged <laughs> as fuck. She's yeah. going to walk in to a job. But it's, it's quite odd because normally it's um, people that work for the Daily Mail ending up at, in, the, in the House of Commons as opposed to uh, the other way around. So, um, yeah, she'll be all right. They're always all right. They always land on their feet. Um, because they don't face any real punitive consequences of their actions. Yeah. Like Johnson and that lot, what? They're going to, like like Patterson, he'll resign. He'll get a payoff. Um, he won't resign anyway. It's always pre-written for them. Um, he'll get made to leave. He mm. will get a cushy pension. He'll get a payoff. He'll continue working for his offshore companies. They don't face real consequences. There's no... There's no law in place. If a conflict of interest like that happened in the workplace and your workplace took you to court, mm. you'd be fucked for it. You could lose your career. You could end up homeless. They're never going to face real consequences for their behaviour. They suppose... won't live like people, will they? You know? Yeah, I, I suppose there's an argument to be made there. There's a case to be made that if you did introduce uh, legal, like punitive or um, custodial uh punishments to people in politics for misbehaving that you you might go down an ugly road into that kind of you know banana republic territory where somebody is in power you don't want them in power you dig up everything that you can on them and prosecute them and get them jailed which i'm not 100 percent comfortable with but then i also can't i can't really resolve this feeling of like i don't want people jailed that are in politics but also there has to be some fucking consequence like it can't be a situation where somebody like allegra stratton uh it, it resigns um off her own accord and boris johnson says oh i'll look into the party that happened in my own house um and then it that's it like the news cycle moves on and everyone's just supposed to fucking lay down and accept that well no i want to see some sort of investigation how many parties were there who organized them who signed off on them you know like i, I want there to be a thorough credible investigation that gets to the bottom of it as, and, and and for someone to have to sit somewhere and explain why they did it you know why they thought they could get away with it i want there to be consequences but i i don't know if i'm fully at ease with prosecuting politicians does that make sense it makes sense but i don't understand why the fuck you don't think that they should face any form of jail time for what would be something that would be sackable for anyone else like this is the thing like it, i'm gonna have to have a think about you aid why don't you want them in jail because anyone else that committed corporate manslaughter oh yeah um, i mean it jailed its bankers i'm talking about like arranging party like breaking the rules like i think they should be they should, that would that would that would be a deterrent. I mean, no, no, um, you know, if there's if there's not a deterrent, people will commit crimes freely. There's no deterrent. They know they don't want to face any real time uh, consequences. They come from elite backgrounds. The majority of Tory MPs do. Yeah. I'm not going to fall into that hole. They're all the same because they're not. Labour MPs are generally more decent human beings from more kind of like working class, middle class backgrounds. Mm. I mean, they they don't what what will be the deterrent for them then? What will what there won't be, I, will there? They'll just be doing it. Well it depends on the severity of the crime for me. Like if they were if they murdered someone, obviously they would get a custodial sentence. If they raped somebody well, they, they would get a custodial sentence. You would you would hope although sometimes they don't know do they? look at look at rob look at look at rob like the guy that kept his job after sexually assaulting a man rob, and a... roberts yeah yeah rob roberts rob had a had a whole month out of parliament and then he's back 
And they yeah. bent the rules to make sure he, a, a, a sexual predator, <clears throat> remained in his job, but they wouldn't, um, you know, they wouldn't bend the rules so that Owen Patterson faced um, scrutiny for what he did. It's, yeah. it's just a big news club like just, of protectionism, and it's, it's sickening. My, my fear is that if you if you opened up the f is the floodgates the right phrase i don't know i just have this horrible well i agree like but it again it depends on the severity of the crime like if it's if it's something like they misused public funds i think they should be kicked out of their job and that should be the consequence if there is uh, if there's a sign that they lied about something and then covered it up, I think they should be ejected from their party and lose their seat and so on. Um, but I think prosecuting people out of office, I just think even if it was perfectly, but like totally understandable right now for this person, he's a monster, she's a monster, let's eject them and prosecute them and send them down. I just have this uneasy feeling that it would set a precedent that like four years or seven years or 10 years down the line, the tables would turn and they would pro they would start prosecuting people for illegitimate reasons and digging up cases and like constructing legal problems around people just to get them out of the picture you know here's the thing well they should well, if, well sorry david you carry on because I've, I've had enough the problem <laughs> that you've got the problem that you've got is that we all and i think we all in this call and and so many like so many people in this country still believing good old-fashioned politics now don't get me wrong there's been some cunty mps out there throughout the years obviously but you could still respect them as being honest and if they weren't honest they might have bent the truth but it was understood it was understood as an ironclad thing if you lied at the dispatch box your career was over right yeah. and that's gone that kind of politics is dead because of boris johnson mm. specifically in this country obviously we had trumpism over in america that completely eroded um, like any normal americans trust in american politics and, and the disclosure of it but when it comes down to this i do understand where you're coming from Ed. yes i could see that a system that does that could potentially be misused but what we have now isn't working and mm. I, I, I like smarter people than me are gonna have to come up with the answer because i don't know i know what you mean i do understand because, you know, sometimes people have to do unscrupulous things as shit and unsavory as that is. Let's be honest, we're not dumb in this group. We know that that happens sometimes. Mm. But ultimately, they are not facing consequences for what they've done. And we're talking everything from authoritarian law dispensing. We're talking about lobbying. We're talking about taking away our actual freedoms and democratic rights. We're talking about lying, having affairs in in important jobs using public funds to hire people mm. like on and on and on and on and on and i could list millions of things but ultimately the old system is dead and we need to find a new one that works yeah, yeah. and it, that actually that sort of goes back to uh to something i heard in a, a tupac shakur interview actually once where they were they they were saying i know it's a bit of a sort of rant say what you're so gangster. <laughs> no one's ever actually said that before, Mike. I understand that's probably the yeah. um, But I I remember listening to this uh, this interview with him and he was saying like I think somebody had asked him why uh African Americans were were uh, rioting or protesting or, or something, right? And uh and he said, Well, it's like this, you know, you start off when there's a social justice issue, you start off knocking on the door and you ask for some help and then they don't answer the door and then 
after two weeks you start banging on the door and they still don't want to help and you've asked nicely and then you've raised your voice and then you've got and eventually <laughs> you're going to break the fucking door down to get in there to get the food to feed your family and i suppose in a very sort of similar way if slightly a clumsy parallel to draw um is that where people don't feel they're they're being heard like there there are no consequences for these people they get they get asked to resign politely asked to resign they step down from their ministerial role and then they go back to being a constituency mp for fucking what like six months hancock's been back doing constituency work and he's already on the fucking like morning news shows trying to get but trying to get back in there you know so there's no consequence they just take a step back and then they take a step forward again and i suppose in the absence of having any real world repercussions that knock on the door is becoming a sort of banging on the door like no we want to see them jailed we want to see them prosecuted but what if there were real world consequences what if somebody did something like hancock did and he was banned from public office eternally would that suffice for you or would you want to see him prosecuted I want to see him prosecuted because the, the other things that you mentioned are not consequences he's still got a job He's still able to um, profit from his position. So, no, like, I, but I don't... But if he... Think... What I'm saying is, like, in a situation where he were ejected from public office and he weren't allowed to... He wasn't allowed to get back into public office, would that be enough of a consequence for you? Or well, would yeah. you... Well, yeah. In, well, I don't know, though. No, I don't think it would, no. I mean, if he's broken the law, he, he did break the law, um, but he also won the on covid didn't he so oh, he's such a hero you know, such a hero man you know let's uh <laughs> let's move to one of the questions on the chat let me see if i can find one so uh question steve bannon has oh, been you lefty <laughs> steve bannon has been subpoenaed <laughs> by congress do you think he'll spill some beans about brexit and his history with the uk boris farage and russia that's from v nerd books do we think steve bannon having been subpoenaed by congress do we think he'll spill the beans on brexit did i you don't know no i don't really give a really no i don't no um steve bannon is well paid to do what he does and he knows where his where his p's and his q's are and he knows that if he opens his mouth the game is up why would he ever open his mouth if he opens his mouth about russia if he opens his mouth about brexit he opens his mouth about trump it's over for him if he still well, maintains, meet her out sorry, no, no, it's the Russians Just... will meet her out some real world consequences to him. And again, like as you mentioned about patriotism, Johnson is well controlled by the Russians. Um, there's that you know rumor about the violinist and all that crap. Mm. Um, this government are not only killing us, lying to us, laughing at us, but they're also national security risks. So, yeah, sorry, Davy. <laughs> No, no, it's fine, don't worry. Um, I will say as well, because we were talking about nationalism, like, I think it's really funny, because the debate, to me, is as simple as this. What's more important, waving a flag and shouting, I love Britain, mm. or saying our government is doing is not doing things right for us, and we need to change, and we need to protest, and we need to put in the work, and we need to find the right people, and we need to install them, and we need to not stop until that changes. Because I think I know what what is is patriotism in those two things. And... It's sad that this country seems to think that waving a flag is the same thing as doing the hard stuff. Yeah, yeah, I, I'd go with that. I think it's it sort of goes back to a, a topic that we've touched on, I think, in one of your respective appearances on here, where we talked about how 
you know, people just like a simple story, don't they? They just like a good and an evil story. Like they, and, and patriotism kind of offers them that in a really diluted base level way. They're like, yeah, we're great and the EU are evil or, you know, immigrants are evil and us Brits are amazing. And it, it takes real character, I think, to sit somebody that, like that down and say, no, like this, it's more complex than that. You need to understand the nuances because if you do try to embark on a conversation like that with a really gammony, Brexity type you end up in a situation where they just get really angry at you, you know? Yeah. And I think it's just trying to get that message across to them of like, I I understand like the root cause. I understand that you want to like, you know, love your country and blah, blah, blah. Mm. But what do you actually do to prove it? You know, it's all words. It's all, what's the phrase? It's all smoke and mirrors. Like, mm. Because it's so easy to go, I'm a Brit and I love Britain. But why? What What do you love about it? What's so great about Britain? Being British, why? Why is being British so great? Ultimately, I think that I overthink everything. And I think that a lot of rows that are going on at the moment are far too complicated. Like, my nationality is where I was given birth to. And if my mum had gone on holiday and given birth to me in France, I'd be French. I'd, my nationality would be France. And so it means nothing to me really like what matters to me is people and i grew up believing you know rightly or wrongly the stuff where people said you know we're full of grit and we're strong and we're powerful and we work together and we care about each other and covid hit and so many british people let me down and showed me that they don't care they, mm. they don't care about me they don't care about protecting my family they don't care about protecting their own family it's all about you know, what What can I do for me? And if it's not for me, then I'm not going to do it. And that's very disappointing because I thought that that's, that's that we would pull together during this. And it was very sad to see people let me down that way. Yeah, I, th I think it's 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 saddening because we're, we're sort of raised in this country to believe that there are such a thing as like British values of like honesty, decency, trust. And then as you get older, you realise actually that it's quite fucking rare, you know? Yeah, it's really sad. Um, I don't know. I just find it frightening that people are so brazenly misled over... I thought that was going to happen. Um, that people are so brazenly misled over what it is. And, you know, it, it comes back to all of this stuff that we're talking about. Patriotism, for me, was doing the hard stuff. Like, I, I've been open about this and I'll talk about it now. You know, like, my mum died three days before the first lockdown. And I desperately needed to see my family because we'd all been there for days. We'd watched her die slowly in front of us. It was awful. It's the worst thing I've ever been through and hopefully the worst thing I'll ever go through. And for the greater good of everybody around me, whether I knew them or whether I didn't, we all stayed away from each other and we did the hard thing. And I understand that other people had different situations that, you know, impacted on them differently. But I did that because I cared about the people that I share this goddamn island with. And it's sad that people couldn't do even the barest minimum of that. And the other thing is people will weaponize deaths due to like, you know, like people will take their own lives because they're so isolated or, you know, people will die because of the vaccine and people get gleeful about it. Mm. And ultimately it doesn't matter whether it's because of coronavirus or because of suicide or because of vaccines or, you know, poverty people have died in this pandemic and the people that were supposed to be in charge and make sure that we were safe, that make sure that we were 
healthy, happy, protected as best as possible in a terrible situation have completely let us down. And there's no arguing that. No, no, that's true. And it's 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 such a huge like break of trust. Um and, and that's the thing that sort of gets lost sight of, I think. And so in some of the um Oh, she's back. She's hey. really oh, oh, yeah. there. It was confusing. <laughs> uh, oh, I was I was I was starting to get like like the paranoia. I was like, did I maybe I really pissed her off? Like, <laughs> um, go on Twitter afterwards, and Tad's like, it is cancelled. Yeah, yeah. Um, welcome back. Yeah, nice to see you again. Hello, thank um, you. Yeah, I, th- I think that's the thing that, that it's it's getting lost of sight of in in some quarters is people are saying stuff like, oh, it's just a Christmas party, or it's just you know it's just a few people having a drink, having a drink. Like most people probably broke the rules if they're really honest about it last year. And I'm like, it's not it's not fucking about that. It's about they wrote the rules. They have to hold themselves to such a high standard, and they didn't just. It wasn't just like a little slip up. It was three like three times i think we're being told now that it happened and now we're in a situation where even i think the met just before we started doing this the met have confirmed that they will not be investigating uh the the breach of uh the coronavirus laws last year uh surprise surprise and it's just this whole like across the board across the police across the government across the like journalist landscape it's just people feel so let let down and broken um i don't know i I struggle to find the adjectives really to uh to describe it um we are sort of out of time now um i'm sorry sorry to get you back again just to say goodbye dan Um, yeah (laughs) um but thank you both for for coming on it's been really fun and um yeah by all means if if you're not already following davy moo and super tansky then please do seek them out on twitter um i think davy moo and super tansky are working on a podcast of your own are you not we are indeed awesome so stay keep keep everyone posted on that and um and yeah everyone sub to that once once it goes live um i'll be back again this friday night with a uh, new guest i don't think it's going to be anything political on friday um I, i'm not sure yet truth be told haven't found a fucking guest yet so uh we'll see <laughs> uh and uh, uh rest assured that when when it's one guest on not that a, you know a, a workman blames his tools and all that shit but when it's one guest on then i <laughs> flipping me off uh, when it's only like one guest on, I don't have to like move the windows around all the time. Um, oh, sorry, so. Abe. Sorry that you have to move the windows around for us. <laughs> I just, I feel, I worry. I worry that I'm looking unprofessional and shit. But um, yeah, you're cool, man. You're all right. I mean, you I don't, think I'm I don't cool? Know what, I don't know what you're talking about with the well, kind of, you know, in the in the in the in the figurative sense. You said I was gangster <laughs> a minute ago. I'm taking that just to the bank. Hefted some double glazing across the screen. I don't think it's quite that complicated no uh right cool okay well thanks very much uh everyone for for tuning in and yeah i'll be back on friday night uh definitely go follow davy moo and super tansky and i'll catch you all next time cheers bye